0: I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small, Child of weakness, watch and pray, Find in me Thine all and all. (coughs) Jesus paid it all, All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stay he washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leopard spots and melt the Snow. Jesus played it all all to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed me white as snow. stand in him complete Jesus died my soul to save my lips shall still repeat that Jesus paid it all all to hear my hope sin had left a crimson stain me white as
1: day for music today, worshiping God. First um, Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, we're doing communion today and I think sometimes we really need to re-evaluate and remember why we take communion. I think we under- need to understand why Paul was condemning a group of believers over the way they were doing it. And, uh, and so that's what we will, we will uh, talk about today. We're going to be chapter 11, uh, 1 Corinthians, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me and after the same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup ye do show the Lord's death till he come." wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread or eat that of that bread and drink that cup for he that eateth of and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning in the Lord's body For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that he may come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Let's pray. Father God, I love you, and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to open your word up to us. I ask you, Lord, allow me to decrease and you increase, Lord, so that we can come to a fuller and greater understanding of what's going on here in remembrance of you with this communion table. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you do. Open this word up to us so that it may be pleasing to your ear and may be profound to the hearts that hear it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Communion. We've had communion a thousand times in a lifetime at least. And sometimes we just get so caught up in it as a habit that we really don't... uh, think about the consequences of what we do and why we do it it becomes like a ritual well when we understand the word of god and what he's saying paul's talking to the corinthians and if you've ever read uh, the, the corinthians 1 their church has got some issues their church has got a lot of issues um in fact they had no problem with people sinning and sitting in the church they had no problem with people committing adultery and sitting in the church they didn't, they didn't bother in fact when they would do the agape meal as we've come to call it where they would come together uh, it depended on who you were it's what you got you know, think about this and I know I've said it before think about this we have covered dish dinners alright And it's laid out there on the table and only certain people can get certain things. Ain't but a certain people can get Brian's banana pudding. Or can't but a certain people get Diane's green beans or Jean's uh, uh, Mexican cornbread. Well, you can have some, but you can't. You're not worthy enough to get it. Think about it. How messed up is that? pretty terrible man when we put stuff on the table it's for everyone and it said if you come and you're hungry eat before you come now what they're talking about is an attitude what they're talking about is people they also had people that were given special places to sit in church and I know that we get in a habit of where we sit I understand that and I went to a church and you could tell who was there every Sunday by looking who was sitting where and so the pastor one Sunday had everybody stand up right after the, 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 the offering was taken and he had them all lined up at the back in the vestibule and as they walked through he just grabbed me and gave them a number one, two, three and everybody got a number he said, I want all the number ones to come up here. And he started filling up the pews. And then number twos. And then the number threes until the whole place was full. And then he walked up and he preached a sermon. And the closing marks, remarks before he gave the offertory uh, invitation was, See, the sermon sounds the same no matter where you sit. Next Sunday, everybody was right back where they were at. so you know habit is something that's hard to break but they were they were saving seats uh uh, for distinguished people when they came to visit uh and if you notice here at our church the front row is empty uh part of the baptist tradition is you have to sit on the back row and work your way up front uh no i'm just picking i'm just (laughs) but uh that's the way it works uh Uh, For some reason, I guess if there's a fire, they want to be the first out the door. I don't know. Um, uh, I promise you the message is the same back there as it is up here. Uh, But we're going to take communion. And it's a serious thing. You know, Paul was telling them, look, I delivered to you what what I received. And if you understand Paul, Paul spent three years in Damascus studying and being taught by God. You know Paul had this miraculous this miraculous conversion in the middle of the desert. Struck blind. Had an encounter with the risen Lord. And God told him that he was going to suffer a lot for him. And so he sends him out and, and once he goes out God taught him the meaning and the understanding and the proper way to take communion. See... Paul wasn't there. But God spoke to him. And the great thing about that is communion is about fellowship. We're to fellowship with one another like believers, but we're also to fellowship with God. One of the greatest requirements of receiving communion is accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the other requirement is, is that every time you receive it, you should purge your body prior of all sins, whether you have any that you've unconfessed or not. You ask God to search your heart. You ask Him to reveal those things to you so that you won't take it unworthily. I know people that have taken communion that were non-believers. and eventually you know you poke your finger in the eye of God you're going to pay you're going to pay you know we have a lot of things happening around the world today where people are constantly poking their fingers in the face of God and say we know better but when it comes to communion it says if you've taken it unworthy uh, you eateth and drinketh unworthy you eateth and drinketh damnation Think about that. A word that we don't see a whole lot of today or hear a whole lot and pews from the pulpit. Damnation is not a good thing. Damnation is a ticket to hell. You're seeking judgment upon yourself from God, the wrath of God. Because you're blaspheming the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. That's what it boils down to. And so we should be very serious about about receiving communion. Very serious about our own personal conditions before we take it. If you're a child of God, you're destined to take communion. If you've asked God this morning to forgive you and purge you, and you have, you can take it worthily. That's why every time we give communion, we take the time in the middle, right before, for people to prepare their hearts. That's why I sent a message out this week on the, on the calling tree. Prepare your hearts to receive communion Sunday. It is a serious thing because we're doing this in remembrance of him. And the, and the wafer that we're going to take will not become the literal body of Christ. And the wine that we're going to drink or the juice will not become the literal blood of Christ. They are representations of the body of Christ broken for us and of the blood shed for us for the redemption of sin. And see, we need to understand what happened that day. The day they nailed him to the cross. See, he took on the sins every sin That has ever been committed. And ever will be committed. He took them on his body. To reconcile creation. Back to the creator. Think about this. The most darkest. The most secretive thing. That you have in your mind. And in your heart. That if it ever got out. People would never think of you the same again. He knows it and died for it. He knows it and died for it. All the nasty thoughts that run through our heads, all the nasty attitudes we have that run through our hearts, he knows them. He knows them. There's nothing we do that is secret to God. Nothing. When I used to teach the youth, I used to ask them, is there anything that you will say and do outside of the building that we're in that you wouldn't say and do in there oh yeah I said well you've already done it in church because Christ built his church where? in the hearts of men and so if you're out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at school, Friday, whatever with your friends and you're saying things and doing things that you shouldn't ought to do and then you come in here on Sunday and you just like a church mouse You've already done it. You need to confess it. The attitudes we have. The little smart remarks that we make up under our breath when somebody aggravates or interrupts us when we're in the middle of something we want to do. God knows all that. He knows it all. Those are some of the things. But what about the unforgiveness we have for other people? Or the withheld forgiveness. Or the fact that I'm going to make them suffer. I'm going to make them suffer because I have a right to. No, you don't. When you become a child of God, you give up your rights to yourself. And that's a hard thing for a human being to understand. I don't have a claim upon me. I don't. You, however, have a claim upon me. Because when you become a child of God... Every human being has a claim upon your kind offices. If we find a like creature in distress it is our responsibility if it was in the means of us to relieve their suffering. That's what we're called to do. That's why Christianity is different than any other religion in the world. Because our creator died for us and redeemed us to himself all we have to do is love him and watch him transform our lives from the inside out the old things that passed away the old things that used to excite us they're no longer fun anymore you're going to lose a lot of friends you're changed you're different yep, thank God thank God I'm not who I used to be. And so we're going to take communion here in a little while. And when we do, we're going to do it worthily. We're going to do it because none of us want to take it unworthily. None of us want to be sickly. None of us want to be asleep, which in the Bible when it says sleep, they're talking about dead. Dead. None of us want to call that on to ourselves. It says, therefore, brother, when you come together, tarry for one another. That means wait. Wait. Wait on one another. And we do a great job of that. We, we wait on one another. We'll look after each other. And we can't come and look after you if we don't know your needs that um, was one of the other things it's kind of hard for the deacons and the pastor to serve somebody when they don't let the deacons and the pastor know you need to be served we are, we are good at what we do when we know what, we, what needs to be done we have a lot of gifts in this church the deacons and the pastor have a lot of gifts but none of us are mind readers. Not one of us. And so here with the Lord's Supper, Paul's telling them, said, Look, I said, when I get there, I'm going to address it with you again. I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to tell you what needs to happen. They were taking it unworthily. They were making a mockery of it. That's how the church grew coming together with fellowship that's how we grow fellowshipping think about this this past year or so we've been apart from each other isn't it glorious to be back together isn't it glorious to see each other Uh, uh, And isn't it glorious to start getting on each other's nerves again I mean we were a long time we you know we were getting on each other's nerves in our homes now we get to share of the wealth
0: <laughs>